Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we'll be in Matthew 5, verses 17 through 20. There are people today who may affiliate themselves with Christianity in some way, but believe that Jesus is simply all about brotherly love and has somehow done away with the Old Testament necessity to obey God's law. But is that what Jesus said? What is the relationship between the Old Testament idea of obedience to God's commandments and the coming of Jesus? Is it one or the other, or both? Jesus addresses the answer directly in this passage. Here's today's piece of the sermon entitled, Surpassing Righteousness. I invite you back with me to the Sermon on the Mount that is recorded for us in the inspired written summary version in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, and we have been uh, marinating ourselves in this now, one verse at a time through the Beatitudes, and now we're taking uh, the other paragraphs as they come to us. I mentioned this to you when we were introducing the sermon, that if you were to have gone and spoken to any of the people present in Galilee when Jesus delivered this sermon. It was on a huge day when he'd already gotten up first thing in the morning after spending all night in prayer and announced who the 12 apostles were to be. Now he is delivering this sermon, and I think it was meant to be sort of a keynote address for his whole Galilean ministry. And if you asked any of the people there that day, hey, um, who's the most righteous person here? they would have looked for the nearest member of the Pharisee party. The Pharisees were uh, the group that controlled the teaching in the synagogues. They trained the scribes. They had their professional or clergy arm known as the scribes. So you often see the phrase Pharisees and scribes or scribes and Pharisees. And, and they rather openly proclaimed themselves to be the greatest examples of righteousness. They loved to make and keep rules and regulations, and they loved to make a great show of their religious fervor by how they kept their rules and regulations. But all through his ministry, these were the people who opposed Jesus at every turn. There was not one nice conversation between Pharisees and Jesus. There was the pretense of some civility, but always it was, it was to trick Jesus. It was to test him. It was to try to trip him up. It was to get him to do something that they could uh, throw their spiritual flag on and call a foul on him. Their hypocrisy reached its zenith with their plot to murder Jesus, and they even teamed up with their other theological archenemies, the Sadducees, to put Jesus to death. It was what they did to the Word of God that put them at odds with Jesus. Now, it wasn't that they ignored 
God's laws, not by any means. It was that they took God's laws and they modified the entire system. God gave his law to regulate worship within Israel. His law always required inward as well as outward obedience. You had to believe God and then from faith obey those laws. You couldn't just obey the laws and check off the boxes and expect that you were going to get to heaven. In tacit recognition that they knew that their hearts would never be good enough. That was why they kept adding on to the rules. And you'd say, well, if they couldn't keep the rules, why would they keep adding to them? Well, they buried the law of God underneath their laws. They had all of these thousands of detailed requirements that Jesus called the traditions of men. Now, on the surface, it would seem, add more rules and regulations, you're making it harder. But the real effect was that it made it much easier because it obscured the true meaning of the law. The traditions focused on external actions rather than getting to the issue of the heart, your fallenness. Their rules demanded no heart obedience to God as long as you kept the rules. Faith in God was a lost concept. Now, the traditions masked the real issue. The real issue is that you can't earn your way to heaven because you can't be good enough, because you have to have perfect holiness. You have to have perfect righteousness in order to be in the presence of a perfectly holy and righteous God who is your creator and who is your judge. The New Testament tells us that the reason for the law of God was to show man his sin so that we would be driven to embrace the Savior. Keeping a list of laws was never the way of salvation. Now, today we come to a pivotal passage. I almost, it was almost breakneck speed last week. We took on three verses. Today, hold on, it's four. 17, 18, 19, and 20, all on one day. You see, Jesus came to this day, and I really think he had probably announced it was going to be a big day. That's why I've said the crowd was unprecedented. He had just named the apostles. He'd spent the night before in prayer. I think he had also said, y'all come and listen tomorrow. I'm going to say something significant. This is a pivotal passage within this great sermon. It's a turning point in the sermon because It's the end of the introduction, and it's the introduction to the next major section of the sermon. It's also pivotal because it tells us Jesus' view of the Scriptures. Jesus did not come to bring some course corrections to the ship of Judaism. He did not come to reform the religion of His day. Instead, He came to bring complete transformation to the hearts of the individuals who would embrace the grace of God. He offered the the kingdom to Israel, but it was to be a a spiritual kingdom, and they had to come to the king in, in spirit and in truth, if you will. Our passage today is where Jesus talks about surpassing righteousness, the kind of righteousness that is necessary for 
salvation. It surpasses anything that any religious system of man has ever produced, and it is rooted squarely in the Scriptures. So Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 20, we're going to see Jesus and the law, and we're going to see Jesus and teachers of the law. Join me at Matthew 5, verse 17, where we put in today. He says, Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. Now, there's something that's pretty obviously implied there. Jesus says, don't think that. Well, why would anybody think that? It's because that's what they were saying about him. He is, he's breaking our traditions. How many times when we went through the book of Mark, do you remember Jesus going out of his way to intentionally publicly do things on the Sabbath that the Pharisees hated? Because he was trying to expose that they had twisted the whole purpose of everything. So they were saying, he is abolishing the law. He doesn't care about the prophets. The word abolish is usually translated destroy or overthrow. The opponents of Jesus considered him dangerous because he kept breaking their traditions. So he exposed them. He opposed all the minutiae that they used to cover up the real purpose of God's laws. So instead of listening to him as the Son of God, God the Son, they would not listen to him and reexamine their system. They just got madder and madder at him. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus sets forth the kind of righteousness that is associated with the kingdom of heaven. From the beginning of it, he deals with the outrageous charge of his enemies that he was bringing novel new teachings, that he was rebelling against the ways of the fathers. But rather than being contrary to the Old Testament, Jesus is going to show you that his ministry, his teaching, it was in complete harmony with it. Now, he says, do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. That phrase, the law or the prophets, was an idiom, one of several idioms, for the entire collection of the Hebrew Scriptures. That's what we call the Old Testament, the first 77% of your Bible. In the New Testament writings, there are several different ways of referring to the Hebrew Scriptures, and interestingly, Old Testament is not one of them. <laughs> we just call it that. It, it fits. It's okay. Don't, don't slap yourself for referring to the Old Testament. But uh, they referred to it in several different ways, and Jesus did in several different ways. Here in Matthew 5, 17, he calls it the law or the prophets. Over in Luke 24, he calls it the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. And if you look at how the Hebrew Bible is, is bound together most of the time or put together, you'll see why those three categories. Often it is just called Moses and the prophets. There the perspective is Moses wrote 
uh, the, was the human author of the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, the law, and then the rest of it is lumped together under the general heading, the prophets, those whom God sent along to expound upon the meaning of the law. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.